you're not a victim. You're doing it. And when you're ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. The Humble You Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Humble You Podcast, where we talk all things mind, body, and life. And this podcast features a conversation with healer, transformation guide, and owner of Divine Radiance, Carrie Donovan. She's here to talk about her journey of founding her own company. Carrie's mission is to spread love and empowerment through transformational healing. Uh, Carrie, we talked a lot in the pre-podcast about the soul. We talked a lot about transformation, and I'm so excited to get this discussion started. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. So before we get into this information about the soul, about transformation, about your business specifically, I'm wondering what your upbringing was like. What's the childhood like uh, for Carrie to kind of bring us up to speed uh, with who you are and your roots? Well, I definitely wouldn't say I had an ideal childhood. Mm. It was um, filled with a lot of trauma. Uh, my father was an alcoholic and left the family, you know, at a, at a young age. Um, my sister has um, severe mental disabilities, so she was very abusive to me. She was 10 years older. And then my mom didn't have the, the tools or the strength to really protect me. So I found myself spending a lot of time alone, um, really developed my relationship with God, I would say, at such a young age because I was so scared and I was living in a lot of fear. Um, at such a young age that I f felt safe in that, in that aspect by myself. Um, and then as soon as I could, right after like graduating from college, I, cause I grew up on the East coast. I think I told you that I grew up in Massachusetts. And so I moved to Los Angeles. I just felt pulled to go there and tried being an actress and had a really cool, you know, time in my twenties of, just exploring life and exploring spirituality, exploring different things. And then um, I got pregnant with my daughter and I became a single mom. And all of a sudden I needed more stability. Mm. So I ended up kind of going into the corporate world and making a lot of money. I was actually very, very successful. I had been in a lot of debt. I got myself out of debt. I bought myself a house in Calabasas. Um, but still felt like there was something missing, right? So that money doesn't fulfill everything, um, even though it was very nice. Um, so I, yeah, I started embarking on a deep spiritual path. Um, after like a traumatic event, I did a, years, a year of healing and I just really went down that road. I did therapy, I did um, adult children of alcoholics, which is a 12 step program. I fell in love with myself. I you know, it was all about that whole year was about self-love and self-care. And I just dedicated that whole year to myself. And yes, I became somewhat, you know, more involved in me, but I do feel like it's so much better for those around you when you invest in yourself, when you invest and you become the best version of yourself, you make everyone around you better. So my daughter is better for that year. And at the end of the year, I discovered um, that I have a gift for healing mm -hmm. and I, so I started on that journey and I found a teacher and now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm about to launch some spiritual empowerment courses and teaching. I want to 
help people reconnect with the power of their souls mm. and basically how doing that and connecting with the divinity that's within each other, each one of us, we can actually create our heaven on earth. Ooh. So that was the mission that was delivered to me. And so that's what I've been, been living and I'm just following this path. I'm just, I feel like I'm more being guided mm-hmm. um, along this path mm-hmm. and following the path that God's leading uh, me on. And yeah, so this is kind of where I'm at. This is beautiful. And this is a perfect place to stop because you gave us a lot of quick little pointers, uh, which is great to lead you up to this point. And now you're here with this material. So we'll get back into this material, but I want to get back into the, into the earlier years. You said uh, we'll, we'll start at first kind of with this, with this idea of God and religion. Uh, When you were younger, you said you were in a lot of fear Um, and Mm -hmm. a lot of children, when they're in fear, it could lead to many different things. Some people do what you did, you know, kind of look towards something higher. Some people shell into themselves and kind of go away from society. Some people build mm-hmm. a lot of anxieties through that. They have traumas that that limit their life all the way extending 20, 30 years in the future from that moment. So I'm wondering for you, you know, did you have a spirituality aspect to you when you were like, when you had consciousness at that age, you always had some kind of spirit within you, something that kept you curious? Or was it the fear mm-hmm. that really drove you into that sense? And, and how did that happen at such a young age? Not sure. I wouldn't say I was fully conscious, um, but definitely felt a relationship with God. Like I spoke with God often. So I'm guessing, you know, this is kind of a carryover. Um, The fear, I think, maybe helped drive me there. Um, And I grew up Catholic and I, but I didn't, there, there was a lot of discrepancies with how I understood God and what they were teaching me. So I actually broke away from religion at about 14 because I realized what they were teaching wasn't in alignment with the God that I had grown to know mm. um, and how I understood God. Um, I had a really mean nun, <laughs> like really mean. Uh, and I never understood why they were so mean. <laughs> um, and just the whole thought of, you know, God not accepting certain people or being more of a fearful God. I don't, that's not the God I know. I don't know a fear, you know, one that wants you to, wants to be feared. Mm. Mm. Um, but I did, I did suffer from anxiety though. In my twenties, okay. when I moved to California, I suffered from major anxiety Yeah, for a yeah. good 10 years of my life, which was all of that pent up unresolved trauma, I think from my childhood. Mm. Um, and once I went through my healing journey that year, I haven't had to take any medication for anxiety. I got it completely under control. Yeah. And I used to have to take Xanax before. So So it's a true testament to if you do the work and you go through the process, you can heal those things. Yes. Yes. I think it's important for people to know that fear is not a, it's something that can kind of be worked with like a muscle, like you can grow in strength and you could really change your fears to the factor of changing how you react to like a horror movie that kind of change to fear. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Fear can be very, it's, you know, sometimes it's very necessary to have Mm. fear. Obviously it protects us, Mm. but it also pushes us. And so for those of us who will push through the fear, I feel like there's a lot of benefit um, once you get through it. 
Yeah. 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 It's like a, and it's like a, I don't know, like for me, the, the fear, I, it was amazing because I didn't notice that that was going to be something that was going to uh, come out of this work. You know, I thought I was just changing my psyche. I thought I was just doing some good work with myself. Um, and I really didn't do it in, in a, in a religious aspect. It really was just trying to get myself into a good place. And then I started noticing like what I just said with the movies, I was watching a movie and usually I'm very jumpy and I wasn't jumping. And then like at night I would get up, you know how some nights you get up and you have that weird feeling and it's dark and you just feel like something's <laughs> in the house or whatever. I, I just was not having that feeling anymore. And I was like, whoa, something's going on here, you know? And, and I think fear is, it, it's a huge factor in, in growth, you know, because if you're scared of the unknown, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to be able to explore you. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of fears, like you said, is being scared of, of things, but it really kind of based on the fact of not having yourself when you don't have yourself you're kind of inferior you don't feel comfortable and confident it's really difficult if you don't have yourself um to, to break through these fears so um I'm, I'm wondering for you how did you break through your anxieties because anxiety is a tough one to break through you said it took 10 years was it was it a quickening or was it a slow process through your growth of, of getting rid of these anxieties well 10 years that i suffered from anxiety okay okay i would say maybe even longer um but it was the year of healing. So it took about a year, I would say, okay. yeah. to heal it. Um, and that was really just bringing everything up. So I was actually just talking to a client about these fears. They live in our subconscious. And anything in our subconscious are thousands, if not millions of times more magnetic than anything in our conscious mind. Mm. So when you have things buried in your subconscious or trauma, or anything like that, they start attracting things into our lives. And that makes us feel maybe out of control. But really, when you bring it all to the surface, um, this is the example I use. Have you have you seen A Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you remember the original Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, so long ago. I won't be able to <laughs> recollect it, to be honest with you. Well, no, Al, he was like, <laughs> Freddy Krueger was so scary in that movie, right? Mm. No one knew what he was. He was always lurking in the corners. He was always, always in shadow. Um, he was terrifying. But then A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 comes out and they show him really close up and you're like, that guy's not that scary. That's a guy in a mask. Like that's not scary, right? That's what we have to do with our fears is we have to like face them because mm. once we bring them to the light, we'll realize they're not that scary anymore. Yes. They lose their power. They lose their power over us when we bring it to the surface. It's only when it's hiding and lurking in the shadows that it's causing us the most damage. Mm. So if you really want to live a life of freedom without fear, you just have to face them. Yeah. by bringing them, bringing them to the surface. And it brings so much more experience to life. And what's the point of life more than experience? I mean, when you think about it, at the end of the day, you want to have great experiences in life, and that'll make a full life. And without if you're scared of things, you're not going to be able to go explore, you're going to hold yourself and limit yourself back from just experiencing life, let alone growing, or connecting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I know people who are scared of relationships, or they're scared of, you know, following their dream, like how well, here's here's another fear that that really ties to people. It's the fear of life when you're young to actually take responsibility and grow and get a job and do all that. So the fear of life going out and really truly living. And then the second por portion of life, it's the fear of death now. So it's this double fear where everyone's just holding their self back from living and then they're scared to die. So they're trying to cling to their past and they're never fully just here and present and, and experiencing. Right. 
well, I have something to say for when people experience that mm-hmm. is when we die, it's pretty much out of our control. Mm. I know we have guardian angels, so we are protected. That's why not, you know, 99%, 99.9% of the time we're driving on the roads, we're safe. If you look at the roads, it's crazy. You would think there would be a lot more accidents, right? There isn't because we are divinely protected. Mm. So I tell people if God, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. It doesn't mean if you have a gun, if you, you know, lock yourself up in a house that's secure, um, there's nothing we can do externally to really protect us. God is our only security. So if you take that out of the picture, like when it's my time, it's my time, live in the meantime. There's nothing you can do to avoid it. Or, you know, like since you can't, why not just live and not worry about that part of it and trust you have guardian angels. You have, you have your life that you're creating that you're, I call it a masterpiece, Mm. right? You're creating your masterpiece of your life. Mm. And that's the only thing we should be focusing on. is that the masterpiece. That's so beautiful. And then just worry about, don't worry about that, that you, cause you could, you could be 95. So why are you worrying about it now? Mm. That doesn't make any sense. Any worry is just wasted energy. Yes. Yes. And it brings more stress, which brings more fear, which takes you away. It disconnects you. Right. Like, you know, go skydiving or do any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like do things that exhilarate you and expand. Like you had said earlier, experience, like experience life. The more you experience it, the more it fills you. Mm fills you with joy it fills you they say the best thing to spend money on is experiences Mm. not on things because things lose value yeah so say you buy a new car yeah it's really exciting at first (laughs) but it loses its excitement over time but when Mm. you invest in an experience or in yourself that gives you joy over time think of a vacation you took five years ago you can still get a lot of joy from the memories that you did Mm. the more you experience life the more it fills you up yeah. And for me, I noticed the more I experienced, the more I wanted to experience more. So it just kept pushing me. It was like this positive feedback loop where I started creating a little beauty in my life. And then I was like, wait, I can do whatever. I can go do a dance slash cardio slash yoga slash just design my own workout on the beach and just do it and not care about what anyone else is thinking. And then right. like the more that I did that, the more it kind of pushed me to experience more. And now it's like every day I make sure that I do some kind of dance or create some kind of beauty because it's in my hands. If I say, around and just prayed that that something would manifest beautifully not much is going to go on like I have to go out and go see it and experience it and create it myself in a sense and I think that's the beauty in life is to you know to, to kind of create your own beauty and then also be so connected with your true self that you're you're walking in your path and you're not kind of deviating away from it so it's this sort of like in between free will and divine will yes. you know sort of right in between if that's possible <laughs> I call it an alignment Oh, everything's in alignment. Life flows. Yes. Right. When you're in line with what's for the highest good, the good of all and what's best for your soul's evolution, then it just more feels like you're guided. So Mm. I, when I talk about co-creation, I feel like I'm not just making my life. Like I'm not saying I'm in charge, but my desire, you know, I put out my desires you know, things that I I want, what do I want from my life? How can I best serve? Right? How can I make this world better? And then God fills in the details. Mm. I get 
God figures out the how I figure out the what God figures out the how, and then I'm just being led like each day, meaning obviously I'm still doing the work, right? I'm launching a program. So I have to, you know, get my platform in line. I have to write out um, my, how the courses are going to be laid out. Like there's work I'm doing, but how God's working behind the scenes is putting me in touch with the right people mm. and the right situations and things are flowing so wonderfully and easily because I'm in a line. Yes. And that's what we want to find. Yes. Yes. That's the juicy part of life when you're just, you feel alive, right? Like <laughs> I feel alive right now because I'm doing what I love and I mm. feel like it's what I'm meant to do. Um, and then, yeah, it just, it feels, it feels good, but I, I'm not saying I'm 100% in control, but I just feel like life is more predictable right now than when I'm just kind of on autopilot. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people are on autopilot. Yeah. Well, it's either They're you're not ready to take the reins and, and get in touch with their full power. Yeah. And, and like, takes... life can feel like a punching bag, right? Yeah. You feel like your life is just happening to you mm. and it's tiring. So I think why people get so tired because, and then you just have to flip the switch. And that's kind of what I want to teach in my courses is how to t turn off autopilot and start taking control, get into the power because our souls have so much power. Mm. So many people are scared of that power mm. because it's meant. And also no one teaches us how to use it, no. right? There's no guide book, no. right? We're, most of us have parents that taught us all power is outside of us externally, yeah. money, class, um, you know, all prestige, any of these things. That's what we were taught to seek. So it's, you know, that's kind of how we were raised, most of us. No one talks about, well, how can we, you know, find the power within us? Mm. So mm. that's kind of my goal, yeah. my mission. And, and the soul, you know, a lot of people, they talk about it, but they never really <clears throat> look at it. Sort of like you just said. So you called it, you called it, I call it the great, I call it the great work, kind of like your own personal work inside the great work. If you know alchemy, they talk about the opus and, and finding the opus and then putting it through the, you know, putting yourself through that alchemical process to kind of create yourself as the living philosopher's stone, which is that middle point between, you know, kind of helping nature out in its, in its unfolding of you, if that makes any sense to people. Um, so, so for you, you call it marvelous. You said marvelous, maybe. Magnificent. Magnificent. That's what you, I know. It was an M. So like <laughs> your magnificent work, and I think that's great for people to see it as or a masterpiece. Oh, a the masterpiece. Master okay. Yeah. Of your a masterpiece. Life? That's it. Yeah. Mm. Like this to see your life as the great work or the masterpiece for somebody out there. It's hard for them if they don't have that self love or care to see their life as that way. You know, they see it as as whatever other way that they were kind of told. And if you start to mm -hmm. see it in this way, you can become curious, and then you start doing that work and you start tasting it. Then things start get started getting really interesting. At least for me, for you, for everyone else that does it. Um, and I think that's so important to keep that focus on you on uh, that you're doing. You know, on you within. And a lot of that work is soul work. So let's get into soul work. How yeah. did you come to understanding this term because we hear about it there's soul food there's soul music soul this and soul that <laughs> but what did, where did you come to terms with that term soul how do you see soul um, and what was your first experiences with your soul so I guess it would be at a young age so I having conversations with people I realized that some people felt like when they died everything ended 
Mm. Right. They thought when they died, it was the end. I always had an understanding that there was something eternal about me, that there was no way like I was going to die. I was always in touch with that piece. Right. That's the soul is the eternal part. Yes. Your body dies, your part, your mind, your ego, um, but your soul is eternal. Mm. And so I was always in touch with that part of me that I felt like, oh, I, I'm not that scared of dying because I know I, there's, there's something after. I was always in touch with that. So I think so that started at a young age. Um, meditation has been really huge with connecting with that energy, um, with that soul. The soul is all knowing too. Um, and the soul is, you know, what comes from God. That's our connection to God. And I know we, I think we talked a little bit about this because um, people, I don't even think they think about where does the soul come from? <laughs> where were we before this? Where are we going after? Um, how I understand it is a soul breaks off from our creator, from God. So that's why there's unlimited amounts. You know, we're, we're literally a unique expression mm. of God. So anyone who feels when we talked about, they don't have the self love like you you know you have a purpose there's no accidents there's no accidental soul like you you have a purpose you're meant to be here god doesn't do accidents right everything on this earth has a purpose including us so knowing that and i think connecting yourself with that knowledge that you are a unique expression of the one who created all of the universe in its entirety helps you to kind of connect with that energy. At least that's what works for me. And it's difficult to do because all this work is so invisible. You know, how do you see the mm -hmm. soul? You have to kind of feel it. You have to sense yes. it. It's so feeling. difficult to get connected. Feeling is, is that is exactly it. Cause you know, I think in the Bible, even mm -hmm. God is represented as a person, right? There is God is not a person. God is an energy. An immense energy of pure unconditional love mm. uh, from what I understand from some of my spiritual readings that God's love is so intense we have to acclimate to it that's mm. why in each of our lifetimes we're, we're trying to get closer to God in in more in touch with our power so each step we get closer and closer by getting more in touch with our power we get closer and closer to God because we have to slowly acclimate to the power of this energy and we can't even really fully fathom where we are mm. right now. Um, so God is this immense energy and creative force. And since we are an offshoot of that creator, we are meant to create our life, which it comes back to the power. We are meant to get off of autopilot. And when we do that, the universe responds because yeah. we are the, God or the creator of our masterpiece, mm. of our life. And when we step into that power, everything responds to it. It has to. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, you think about the Bible, the beautiful stuff, by the way, that you're saying, you think about the Bible and people talk about, you know, how you can just, you could repent and you could be saved automatically and just think about it. Like if you change your life one day and you did some kind of experience or some kind of program with you or, or anything, and you started looking within and now took yourself serious and looked for God within you instead of outside of you, um, then you're going to sort of 
hear the call in a sense. Like the call was always ringing. It's always there. No matter what you're doing, it's always there. And then that kind of, you could see the correlation between the Christians and kind of what we're talking about, um, you know, in, in that sense of, in that sense of us being God, even, even Christ, like walking around, they said, he's part of God. He is God. Well, yeah. he's trying to show us like, so are we in a sense. Yes. Jesus wasn't saying, oh, this is what I can do. Sorry, guys, you can't do that either. <laughs> Jesus had no ego. <laughs> Jesus was demonstrating mm. what happens when you tap into that power. When you tap into pure love of God, of your creator, this is what you are capable of. Mm. Instant healing, walking on, you know, um, walking on water. Um, you're, the, our powers are immense. Yes. Um, yes. And you know it but we have to we have to work our way to that no joke work either not just like you know five minutes a day you got to really do it and <laughs> believe constant, in it right <laughs> i love it when people are like so i'm good right i had one session with you that's i'm good <laughs> mm-hmm. i wish it was that easy right mm-hmm. i wish and I, and a lot of people are looking for that quick fix yeah they're looking for that pill and i you know, there's a lot of people out there who love teaching mindset. Um, and I'm not against mindset. I just, we have to be very careful because it's not just about having positive thoughts all the time. Oh, yeah. You have to do the work. You have to get in and dig into it. Um, and then that the mindset is, is authentic, but you can't jump from, you know, that, you know, just having like a traumatic event, spiritual bypassing, you know. Oh, yeah. So don't want to do that. You no. don't want to just jump to the positive. Like you want to embrace everything that life has to offer. And the mm-hmm. more we embrace it, like I said, the more in touch with the power you actually get. Yes. Yes. And, and the darkness, a lot of people, they're scared of it, like you just said, or the negative. And that's what provides the depth of life that provides the lessons that provides everything that you need. So, you know, I'm the same way with what you just said, like, I couldn't agree with you more that the positivity, it's good to have it. And you don't want to live in a negative, stressful, closed way. Victimized. Yeah, you don't want to. No. Yeah, exactly. But, but you don't want to, you also don't want to lose that other half because then you're just going to be one sided. You're not going to be full. You're not going to be whole. And if you're not whole, then you're not living a, you know, you're not living a true life in a sense. You're living just one end of, 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 of life. And, and it's really difficult for people to see that. How do I embrace the darkness without becoming the right. darkness? And that's tricky because when you embrace the darkness, it's usually during those tough moments. And in those tough moments, you could embrace it so much that you become it. It's like, Oh, this happened. So I'm going to mm-hmm. get that person and back bah, 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 bah. right it's really difficult to to really have that 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 patience and that and that confidence in yourself and that ability to just step back for a moment and not be so tied into what's going on step back and look at it holistically and understand yeah. what's going on before you act and it's really difficult to step back in that moment yeah no absolutely but i call um people people live in the shallow end they live in the shallow end of the pool they don't shallow go deep end. Yeah, but yet they don't have the immense, you know, we talked about the pendulum, remember? The deeper, in order to go up, you need to go down, right? Mm. That is just how it goes. That's the law of polarity right there. So in order to raise your frequency that everyone's talking about, you need to go down. The deeper (laughs) you go, there has to be the polar opposite. Yeah. So the deeper and darker you go, you're going to experience the flip side of Mm. the love and the joy on the other side. That is so much greater than if you just play in the shallow end and play it safe. 
That's a, is a beautiful, beautiful analogy. You know, think of energy and there's two ends, right? And if you're just playing on one end, the all, maybe that end is moving, but there's the law of, con, of con, uh, um, correspondence where things are going to kind of <clears throat> swing back. So as much as you could pull one end, the other end's going to swing back kind of the same. So if you keep pulling both ends, you know, the, the, you can grow energy in that sense because energy is both positive and negative. That's what vibrates life. So, you know, the more you're living it, the more you're extending energy or extending consciousness in a sense. And, and another thing about the darkness is how could you extend consciousness, which is raising awareness without looking at that stuff? If you're suppressing it, that you're not raising consciousness, you're kind of just keeping things, you know, like you said, um, just at the surface level, and you're not diving yeah. into the deep end. Um, but it's a scary process. And that's why fear, like we started with, mm -hmm. is so important in this journey. Yeah. Well, I mean, our society is just terrified of pain. Mm. We're not taught how to deal with it. Mm. We are not like we avoid it at all costs, especially yeah. in the United States, right? With our alcohol, drugs, prescription drugs, um, eating, um, anything to avoid the pain. And even I hate to say it, the mindset mentality in some ways, not always, can be avoiding, trying to avoid the pain. Pain mm. is not to be feared. We just don't, we're not taught that that's normal. We're always taught, even at a young age, you know, boys don't cry or, you know, all of this stuff is about avoiding and we're taught it at such a young age. So it's not like it's surprising mm -hmm. that we fear it. But I think now we have to step through that fear and experience the pain and then realize it's not going to kill you. It's not, it's actually a release. Like it feels good to release those negative emotions. It's, it just feels cathartic more than anything. And actually, so when we talk about frequency, when you release, because emotions are heavy, so they have a weight to them more so than some other energies. So that's why depression feels so heavy, mm. right? When you're depressed, you can feel it, feel mm. the weight of it. It's dense. Um, so by releasing it, that's just pent up emotions. It's unprocessed emotions. So when we allow ourselves to feel it and transmute it, that's how we lift our whole frequency range up because we're not being weighed down by those unprocessed emotions. Yeah, hopefully people just heard that because that's one of the most, most important factors I've heard so far on the podcast is, is thinking of emotions like that. And then I, I like to use alchemy to tie things in. So mm -hmm. think of lead. It's like a heavy, heavy metal. That's the depression. Lead's black. And what you have to do with that lead is you got to burn it all the way down to ash. You got to lighten it up. So think of yes. the frequencies. You said the heavy frequency is going to lower your frequency. Your overall energy is lowered because of this one lead. It could be, you could have a bunch of different things going on. Um, yeah. But, but you take it and now you start to look at it. You start to integrate it. You start to understand that that's burning that fire, burning it down and, and burning the heaviness now to a lightness that you have a material now that you could use and create something new out of it. You have to burn it down first before you can create or renew it. It's kind of like the, the alchemist. Sense. My favorite book ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he said, but that's what I specialize he that in the alchemist. The alchemist. Yeah. You're okay. taking something negative and then you're transmuting it and making something beautiful. That's mm. really what this, the whole work is about. Yeah. I think, yeah, you know, and that's, that is what I'm, I'm teaching. That is a big part of my course. Beautiful. That's so how beautiful. to alchemize that negative Even mm. feeling it, accepting it. Like you said, we want to be whole. We're searching for wholeness. We don't want to hide parts of us. We don't want to suppress parts of us more. The people you see that you're really drawn to usually are really balanced. You say like people say, Oh, they have such a good energy. They're just balanced. 
Eckhart Tolle, he is balanced. Mm. You couldn't say anything to that guy to throw him off, right? He is so like, you you could call him anything. He's he's accepted it all. Like he is just well-rounded and balanced. Mm. So that's what we're all seeking. Not to be perfect. We're not, no one's going to be perfect. No. We're searching for balance. Um, and when you're searching for perfection, that's really feeding the ego in a sense. But when you're searching for perfection, you try to, you know, you try to like make things look better. You try to like make excuses. It's just a lot of things that keep you at the surface. You're never going to go deep if you're trying to be perfect. Because like right. you said, like Eckhart Tolle, if somebody says something nasty to him to try to take him out, like he's lived all the darkness that it doesn't even <laughs> compare comparison to what you're saying. It's like like a fly he kind of shoots it away. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, so so that's why what it's we're so all important. striving for, right? We're striving to not be set off by anything, yeah. you know. Yeah, but how many people truly are? I mean, I could, I, I, could I could trigger somebody like that. It's so easy nowadays. It's so easy. <laughs> and if you're triggered, notice that that's something you can work on. You know, it's exciting. It's, that's that's what shadow works about. Mm. Yeah, is really getting to know those things that set you off. There's so much gold in your triggers. Oh, shadow work. I, I did a whole video on it. That's one of my favorite things to, to talk about and to teach. Cause it's so powerful. Mm. Mm. It's, and it's necessary. It really is. Um, and it's back. never ending. Let's get back in the frequency. Cause you said something yeah. really interesting about frequency. You, you said that, you know, it lowers when you have this depression and darkness and you can kind of change your frequency now, but if someone's listening in and they're saying, what frequency, like I'm body, I have hands, I have feet. Where's this energy you're talking about? I don't see it. How would you explain that to somebody that, that they're changing their frequencies by taking on these depressions mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, working them through. So, well, everything is energy and everything has is moving so so it has a vibration so since everything is vibrating so if you look at an atom you know if you look under a microscope you're going to see that it's it's constantly moving so everything is made up of that so everything is moving so that movement causes a vibration which it then in turn causes a frequency mm. And so a lot of people will say, oh, high vibes. It's actually quick vibes, high vibration. So the quicker it moves, the higher the vibration. <laughs> and um, and, and I'm laughing lower, real quick. I'm laughing because we talked about the positive vibe people and it's the same thing. You know, they're like, yeah. they're just they're just using it to feel good. They're not truly getting into the work. So I but low frequency isn't bad. So that this is important to kind of correlate. Um, because physical things have a lower frequency, mm. right? Like a table is so dense, mm. right? It's still vibrating. It still has a frequency. It's just a lower frequency than say your spirit. Our spirit has super high frequency. It's mostly like light, right? There's no, you can't touch your soul. You can't touch spirit. There's no density to it. So it's a super high vibration. And then the lower vibrations is even our chakras. If we were to look at those, we have our crown chakra, high frequency. And as they move down, they get uh, a lower frequency. So when people are like, oh, I don't want to express emotions and cry because I'm going to lower my frequency and I'm going to attract bad things, right? Because we are like antennas, mm. but lower frequency isn't always bad, right? It's just, it's more physical, doesn't necessarily be you know, necessarily bad, mm. but you know, it, it is 
you know, when we are, say we're really happy, you know, like when you're just feeling good, you're in flow and you notice all the lights change in your favor. The people are nicer to you at the grocery store. Um, things just happen like that. That's high frequency, meaning you're attracting that same energy into your life, mm. which is really good. Mm. Um, so you want that frequency to keep shifting upwards. Mm. So I don't know if that no, it was a beautiful way to describe it. I really liked how you talked about the table and how, you know, it looks so static. It's a material and how that's a lower frequency. And then the higher frequencies, you know, you think of the chakras. Now you're going to the third eye. That's like dream work. That's like the unconscious. That's like the spirits. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not as materialistic. It's more on a different realm. Um, and then people speak about dimensions, like we're at this dimension and the higher dimensions have different frequencies. And that's why we can't see it because it's vibrating at a different frequency that's not visible in our, in our, um, in our spectrum. Spectrum. exactly and oh, same thing that. with sounds yeah. too yeah which yep. is really interesting i know well that's why when we speak right it's so powerful mm. because of the sound waves that we're putting out into the world mm. we can go all in i i like because even thoughts people don't realize a lot of times that thoughts are electrical impulses yeah. and they impact the world they actually travel outside uh in waves and then sound is even more powerful. So when you speak something, you know, it causes sound waves and then that goes out. Um, and then if you're actually doing things, right, obviously it causes more of a reaction in the world. This is probably a whole other topic, but um, no, this is good. I love how that stuff works. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it all ties back to once you, when you fully understand how the universe works, it's a lot easier to, mm. to, you know, to pr make your life the way you want it to. Yes. Yes. Because it's so chaotic and people are like, life doesn't make any sense, but, 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 and I understand that I felt the same way, but when you start living this life, it's not that it all clicks like perfectly, like you can tell everyone everything that's going on, but you start to notice a lot more. And it's like, the more that you open up and the more you dive in, the more, the more you start seeing. And as long as you keep yourself in check and you don't try to make your own uh, truths and get stuck in your own conscious realities, if you could keep yourself open and keep exploring in that sense, like a lot's going to come to you. And it's really interesting to think about, you know, like what you just said, sounds uh, going out as waves and we can't see these waves, a lot of energy. We can't see it, but we feel it. Think of a song when it comes on. I mean, a song that you had a memory oh. with, maybe with an X and it's like you yeah. have this beautiful memory and you like feel that same way. And it's like, well, it's speaking to your unconscious, it's speaking to your psyche, your unconscious, and it's stimulating something that's in you. And now it's popping into your reality. So instead of getting lost in the moment, try to like look at some of these things and, and, and take a look at, you know, what they mean, because some of these stored up energies that are tied in us, they get stuck. And if you don't take it yes. and release it, um, it's going to keep doing the same reactions, the same simulation. Now, if you can get rid of it, you keep attracting those same things into your orbit. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good way to see it too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, and music going back to music. Um, you, you ever like listen to a song and you're like, I love this song, but I'm not in the mood for it. You know, yeah. you just don't want to. And other times you're like, oh yes, this song, yeah. Yeah. it's resonating with you, right? Yeah. So it's resonating Ooh. with your energies at that time, depending yes. on what's going on with you. Yes. And that's why, like, sometimes you just want to hear a certain song because it's resonating. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Instagram. So what I noticed is, with my with my own journey, when I was in a good mood, feeling good, I would be listening and reading the books. But when I was just like not feeling connected, I would pull away. And I notice it now with people, I'll start to notice, oh, 
this person, you know, they kind of pulled away. I haven't seen them much. And then there's like a post or something. They say that they've been struggling and I'm like, oh, and you start to, you just start to see it. And it's the same thing. They're just not resi- They're not resonating, you know, with that, like you just said, with the vibrations. Yeah. And if you start seeing energy that way, you can really become a, a, a true wizard in a sense of, of your yeah. psyche and of life. Yeah. I think that's, that's the fun part of it. Mm-hmm. Exploring that, you mm. know, I, I was always obsessed with magic as a kid. Mm. Like I, you know, there were reruns on TV, like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. And there was a movie called um, ah, Escape to Witch Mountain. I was obsessed with anything magic. Like I believed it was possible. <laughs> like I really did, like with all of my heart as a kid. And I felt I was magical. And now as an adult, I'm realizing I kind of am. Yeah. I, I was already... I was already in touch with that. I knew, even though the world was telling me I wasn't and anyone else would think I was crazy, but we are magical. Like we are, you know, Mm. and it's just so much more fun to look at the world that way. The more you see it as magical, the more you're going to, you're going to get the magic back. Mm. It's, it's the truth. It really is. And, and it sounds goofy. It sounds like we're like kids, like talking on this podcast, you know, and we're, we've been through life, you know, we both yeah. lived it. You lived in the corporate world. I've been on TV. Like we both put in the work to do it and we lived the life and now we're seeing a different life. And it's not like we've been on drugs or some kind of weird right. thing happened where, you know, we, we, this is what we found that a lot of people are speaking the same stuff and this is new. There's mm-hmm. something going on and I can't figure out what it is, but a lot of people are seeing energy for what it is. A lot of people are, maybe it's just starting to, you know, kind of come into consciousness and the collective is just expanding and the people that are connected are just getting more information from it because, you know, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. And on my journey, I've been really, I had no mentors and this whole thing has been through me and my experience and everything that I've kind of came to learn and notice and see are being expressed by people like yourself that I've never met before. We never took the same course. There's no course mm-hmm. in this. So if we're right. the same information and we're having a lot of the same, you know, uh, conclusions like goosebump like conclusions yeah. with, with some of the stuff you speak of, um, you know, there's something going on. And I don't know what it is, but it's so interesting. Well, it's a shared consciousness. Mm. So there is a shared consciousness. Mm. And I think what's happening is more people are having access to it. Mm. Whereas before, I say this like new age spirituality versus traditional traditional. You had to have a mentor. You had, you had to be kind of chosen to be aware of this information and information was very protected. That's why the church, I hate to say it, the church holds the Bible. They decide what's going to be in the Bible and what parts aren't right. They have to, (laughs) they, they take control of God, of Jesus. They, they, you have to go through us and Mm. learn our way. And that's how it used to be. But now so many people are just getting this information through the shared consciousness, through meditation, through, because I think we are trying to ascend. They talk about this huge ascension that we're trying to accomplish. So in order to ascend, we need to be higher frequency. Mm. In order to be higher frequency, we need to do the work. Like we talked about, we need to start processing emotions rather rather than avoiding them. Um, And it's bringing on this whole new world. Yeah. And this new world needs people like us, I guess, you know, to help, help bring it to light, to help everyone kind of raise their consciousness. Mm. Mm. That's really good. That's really good. 
Um, alrighty. So another thing we talked about is COVID. It's been dark. Um, one thing you said is, is that the souls always go through seasons and this is a darker season for the soul. Um, but you said there's something to do in this season to kind of prepare you for the next. Um, maybe talk about what you meant by that. I thought that was really important, especially for people going through coronavirus and, and locked in their houses. Like, um, you know, it's really difficult to, 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 to feel good, you know, to have that bliss and that, and that forward thinking to, to see towards a, a better day. So winter is about, you know, it can be lonely, dormant. Um, it really can be a really tough time, but the upside is it's a great time for reflection, like self-reflection of going deep in because we're not, there's no, there's no place really to go. Right. So it can be a time to really reflect connect with the divinity within ourselves and then decide what do we want? The so spring always follows winter in a, in a sense. So after this darkness usually comes a whole new energy for a new life, for rejuvenation, for all of these wonderful things. So now is a good time to think about what isn't, per what isn't going right in your life or what would you like to change? I mean, I talked to my friend um, and she didn't know what she wanted in life. She was like, what do I meditate on? Or she was trying to do a manifestation exercise. She didn't know what she even wanted. And I was like, you don't think about that. And she's like, no. And I'm like, now is that time. Like now is that time to really think about if you could have anything you wanted in five years, anything, if God said, what do you want your life to be like? Have fun with it. Like mm -hmm. picture yourself. What are you, where do you live? Like, what are you doing? How do you spend your day? how happy, healthy you are. You have that vision of yourself. This is a, such a good time. It's the energy for that. It's the and that dormant energy to start the process of manifestation. So once you start that in your mind, when that new season comes and things open up, there's going to be so much opportunity, mm -hmm. right? It's sad that things are closing, but that's going to leave an opportunity. There's always going to be an opportunity for new things starting. Mm -hmm new adventures. And maybe, you know, someone wants to be an entrepreneur or start their own business. So now's a good time to think about what you want that to be and start processing it. And then spring will be that energy for that new life. Mm. And that's, what's coming next. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love it. So think of like a, like a field, you know, in the fall, you're kind of harvesting what you've worked towards and now it's the winter. Now you got to get rid of the roots. You got to get into the roots that aren't working out the dead roots, pull them out. So there's more room to plant a few that. seeds and then the spring brings yes. the growth. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I don't yeah. know. It just hit me. That's how beautiful the unconscious is. <laughs> it is. I love that. So yeah, so that's the way a good way to see it. And then think about what we said earlier about the death and rebirth and that blackness to to lead towards the the light and to to, to create something new. You got to go through that. Um, and what better way to go through it when you're already in the darkness? You're already there. You don't have you're to like there. yeah, yeah, right? It's not like life's going great and I'm telling you, like, hey, we gotta go to the darkness now so we can get right. in life better. Yeah. You're already here, so let's you're let's here. do it. <laughs> that's what the collective one does. It gives us no choice but us all to. Well, I talk about um, conscious healing and forced healing mm. and conscious healing is when you're constantly doing the work you're processing so that you don't attract anything big or major like a forced healing. So a forced healing can be an accident, an illness, a disease, um, because if we're not doing the work, our soul is going to have to do something to get us to change. So they're not punishments. It's they're designed to help you. We're always supposed to be evolving and growing. So mm -hmm. if we're not, and we're living in fear, 
something's going to happen to force us. So in my program, I talk about let's consciously heal consistently. So you don't build up anything like that. You don't, you're not going to have a forced healing, that a big event, you know, cause COVID wasn't bad for everybody. You yeah. know, COVID has been, you know, for some people has been okay. You yeah. know, so you want to create an environment where you're going to be okay. No matter what is happening, I guess, in the collective and the bigger scale. Hmm. So let's talk about your business, you know, Divine Radiance. Where'd you come up with that name? I love the name. Uh, where'd you come up with the name and maybe tell a little bit about uh, what exactly Divine Radiance is for? So I, I do this healing where I, I connect with the energy of a crystal and the energy from the crystal is so intense. It vibrates through my whole body. I'm able to have energy come out of my other hand and it heals, mm. but I, you know, no one taught me. It was just something I naturally did. And I would ask God, what is this? What is it? Like, what am I doing? I don't, I don't have a name for it. And the, the information that came down was divine light. Like it's just, it's divine light that I'm channeling and divine light. It seemed like such a, you know, a, a common name. So I, I looked up the definition. I was looking up definitions of different names and nothing was really hitting me. When I looked up the definition of divine light, it, it said in parentheses, also divine radiance. And I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the name. And I just knew it. So yeah, it just kind of came from this healing energy that flows through me. Mm, I love that. It's a beautiful name. What, what, what does it serve? What purpose does this serve? Um, of course, it's, it's, it's really focused around healing and transformation, but what could people or individuals look for um, if, if they're interested in this business? So well, it started off as me healing individual people. Mm. Um, it didn't feel completely in alignment, even though I knew I was following my path. Um, then I just keep getting these information. I thought I was going to maybe write a book. Like these programs that I'm developing started off as ideas as a book. And I would, I would write down, because I was just getting all of this, the master manifester, um, awakening your inner warrior. As I was doing my own healing, I realized this power that I had. Mm. Um, and so I was just told that I need to share this information. I need to share this knowledge with a lot of people. So that would mean not doing individual, but maybe doing something more in a group, like an online group session. So then the idea came to me to do transformational healing programs. So meaning I would be doing healing work during these online courses, but I'd also be giving a lot of information teaching people how to get in touch with the power of their souls. Mm. So I, I came up with three different programs um, and they're basically steps to spiritual empowerment. So I do an eight week healing intensive, which really goes into like shadow work and inner child work and how to consciously heal mm. so that you don't have to have a forced healing. Um, awakening your inner warrior is for those who feel victimized or um, disrespected a lot for people to start regaining their power so that they know they're divine and they won't accept that type of energy and how to take control of that part of your life by not by deciding who's in your world and what you ex accept um, that happens to you. And then master manifester is the third step, which meaning once you do all of this other work, then you can really start consciously creating your heaven on earth, as I'm called to say it, because that's really what we're meant to do is to create our dream life. That's in alignment with the higher good, the highest good with God um, and with all of our evolutions. Mm. So 
Um, and our divine rights are joy, abundance, health, and freedom. So those are all of our, and those are what basically your heaven on earth will have and should have because they are our divine rights. Hmm. That's, I mean, that's three amazing programs that you just spoke on. And uh, like you said, the education's needed too. It's not just application because it's a lot of stuff that we weren't taught, you know, we're not taught this stuff. And, and, you know, it, it kind of is in alignment with what I'm doing with this spiritualized you, which is getting people to see themselves as like a religion in a sense and not trying to make it religious, weird, you know, spooky and woo woo ish, but make your own little disciplines, do your own little prayers, do your own meditations yeah. to connect and gain your own information through you because i feel like you know when if you're if you're sticking to the outside people might lead you in the wrong directions you might attach to different right. things that now are, are keeping you from being fully open and free um so this is beautiful stuff i'm really really loving what i'm hearing and i can't believe we're, we're flying by i mean this conversation, we're actually over where we should be. So I'm going to have to do some editing. But uh, uh, the good thing, <laughs> the good thing is, is it was a wonderful conversation. I think a lot of people understood the, the, the concept of, of soul, the concept of energy, um, and then kind of what you do exactly. Um, so it's really beautiful. But now I want to kind of shift gears and ask a few fun questions now just okay. to, to close things out. And I think you'll like this question. This first question is really about mysteries in life. And if you could think about the mystery related to mind, related to body or anything in relation to life what's one mystery that you wish you could have the answer to hmm. mystery of life this is a very interesting question <laughs> mystery of life i mean i have some understanding of what happens after um but i can't say i know for sure so i would you know the concept of heaven you know, there's supposed to be different levels of heaven. Do we go to heaven after? Oh, I know. I know what it is. I know what I would like to know. Time. Oh. Because I've heard that time is just a concept, right? And that everything's happening simultaneously, which my brain can't wrap around. Mm. So I guess that would be the thing that I, if I could unravel a mystery that I don't, I don't have the answer to, it is that. Mm. Um. So if you had the ability, Carrie, to, to time travel and you could take everything you know now and visit yourself at a time when you were more fearful at a younger age, what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now if you had that ability? I would say you are powerful. You are more powerful than you could ever imagine and you're protected and you are loved. Um, and I actually do this exercise where I, um, mm. I meditate and I connect with my future self. So when we were talking about time, right? So if time is, is all happening all at once, I connect with that future self <laughs> and ask her for advice. Like mm. we, you know, she's living the perfect life. How do I go from where I am? And she gives me encouragement. She makes me feel safe and that I'm on the right path. Then I realized in doing this, that I could also connect with my past self in the same way my future self is connecting with me. So I go back and I connected with my younger self. And it was like, I was the one protecting me during all those traumatic times um, and making my own self feel safe. So it's kind of like reshaping your past in a way. Um, it's a really cool exercise. You just got me thinking. So if time really is in that sense, 
and you're right now presently looking at something that was traumatic in the past, can you change the now through that? Yeah, that's it. You can, because I'm changing my past from being someone who's traumatic and scared and let the fear take over them. And I built them into a power more like it's more of a powerful experience. And now I'm living such an empowered life because of those experiences, not in despite those experiences, you know, like I didn't let those bad experiences hold me down, but they made me more powerful. Mm. And so really you're kind of, you can change your past by Mm. healing where you are right now. I truly believe that. And then when you change the past, it kind of changes where you're at now. Yes. It redefines your life. Is there a movie, like a Disney movie, like something about like time Mm. editing or something? Maybe. Oh, oh, it's right at the tip of my tongue. I wish I had like. (laughs) I lost you. There I wish go. I had like an assistant or something that, that can kind of like research this real quick. It's, right. Oh, it's right at the tip of my tongue. You know, what? Disney like, movie. Disney movie. Oh, um, that you reshape your past. You go back into your past. You yes. Yeah. Something. Oh, isn't there one? It sounds like, yeah, there's, that's definitely a Disney movie that does that. Uh, I don't know. If someone's listening, they're probably screaming it or they're saying you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I think it's recent too. It's so weird how it's like right on my, uh, right at the tip of my tongue. That's the worst, right? It's like a, mm, I don't even, I'm giving up. Um, Speaking of movies, have you ever seen Donnie Darko? No. No, that's an interesting one. Um, Alrighty, beautiful. So listen, this podcast has been a beautiful podcast. I've really enjoyed your lessons. You've, you've lived a, an amazing experience and you're speaking such a connected um, and, and knowledgeable source of information. Um, you could see that you've done some true work on yourself. So I'm grateful that you're here to be able to share that story. Um, for people that are interested in finding out more about you and your services, uh, where can they find that information? Maybe a website or social media. Yeah, so my website is divine-radiancehealing.com. And my Instagram is divine underscore underscore radiance. Mm. So divine radiance. Facebook is Carrie Donovan. Okay. Okay, beautiful. And then all of your programs and information on the site? (laughs) What? I said all the the programs and information are on the site? Yes. Mm. Beautiful. All righty. Well, listen, it's been a great conversation. Um, we'll have to do this again, maybe catch back up uh, in a couple months and, and see how things are going. So uh, thank you so much again for everything you provided, Carrie. Thank you. That was so much fun, Joseph. <laughs>